escape to the metaverse But act like you know, yeah You are now tuned in to the Matthew and Rizzo show, yeah uh, Escape to the metaverse Better act like you know, yeah You are now tuned in to the Matthew and Rizzo show, yeah Okay, Greg, welcome to the Matthew Rizzle Show. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, really stoked to have you on. Dig into all things Squiggle Dow. Uh, but first, if you want to introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about your backgrounds, uh, sort of how you fell down the crypto and NFT rabbit holes, and then what led you to Squiggle Dow. Sure, yeah. I, uh, I went down the rabbit hole in uh, 2015. Originally, I remember going to the first meetup that I had heard about. I didn't know anything about Bitcoin or anything, but I go to this meetup at a very famous uh, location in Vancouver. And the first thing I do is go over and say hello to the first interesting looking dude I see there. And he starts ranting about DAOs in 2015. I was like, what? I just was immediately hooked because I had no idea what the hell he was talking about. Um, And just kept going down the rabbit hole, figured out that, oh, this is this is how civilization evolves the next step. That's really what sort of clicked for me is that, um, you know, crypto economic theory, as well as, you know, the ability to coordinate large groups of people across uh, large distances based on alignment of values rather than, you know, geographic proximity or uh, cultural alignment or anything like that just became the, the solution to all the problems that I was hoping that we would, we would solve as a species. And um, I looked for lots of opportunities to get into the space, you know, originally just like playing with ICOs and that sort of thing. And then tried working at some trad fight companies. I, my career has mostly been in early stage startups um, and uh, you know, played with that a lot as well, but eventually found a, a home with Squiggle Dow uh, because of an opportunity that Jess Sloss and I were exploring. Um, we, we were discussing the possibilities of using, um, oh, sorry about that. Uh, the possibilities of using um, NFTs as a incentive to create community. And we chose the squiggle because it was available. Uh, it was still affordable and it had a lot of uh, cultural relevance already. It was the first project launched on art blocks. And this was just when gen art was taking off and um, people really liked them and they were accessible. People were already talking about them. It didn't have the same caches, a crypto punk, um, but there was enough momentum there and enough interest there that we thought, okay, there's enough, there's enough here to start. And that was basically the idea. How much culture can we create around the shared like of art and, and how much value can we create? And that's, that's the experiment that is squiggled out. Dude, I remember when I first heard about it and I was like, man, this whole concept opens up so many cans of worms. It's probably not like the best analogy, but just like so many like different ways to play around with NFTs and, and just what you're saying, like organized people. Uh, dude, before, before we go any farther, man, I just got to ask you, I'm like listening to your story. I'm like, you're at this meetup in like 2015. You just go up to this Dow dude in like 2015 who takes you down this rabbit hole and you said he's the most interesting looking guy what does 2015 interesting looking Dow dude look like that caused you to just go up to him? Uh, like weirdo neck beard kind of, you know, <laughs> All right, yeah. cool. just, just like I imagined. All right, great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's exactly what you would have thought. Things were super weird back then. And, uh, you know, we, uh, yeah. And just, it was a lot of visionaries and a lot of people who, you know, were looking for 
you know, fundamental change in society that, that they felt needed to happen. And this was, these were the people that really kicked it off. I think back in the day, it's obviously very different now, but um, I think that's what, what drew in the big thinkers and, and what got us to where we are now. So it was a very interesting time. Dude, I, I agree a hundred percent. You know, a, a lot of us were around in those like early weird days and it's, it's, they honestly were pretty early and weird, you know, obviously up until not, not too, too long ago. Um, so dude, can you talk to us a little bit about like, you know, Squiggle Dow, uh, you know, I, I hear you obviously mentioning like, you know, alignment of goals, like working across uh, boundaries and barriers. I, you know, I'm a huge fan of like all that stuff and like sort of that core ethos of crypto. Uh, how, like, what, what would you say is like the core ethos of like Squiggle Dow and like, you know, how does it sort of, you know, use these advantages of crypto to, to bring people together? What What's sort of the, the mantra you guys got going on? So obviously it's a house of so the, the vision and the, the culture will, will grow from the original idea, but the original idea was to have an impact on uh, crypto culture and art culture. So, you know, we thought, okay, well, if we can bring a bunch of people together that like this art, we can do way more as a group than we can um, by ourselves. And the idea there was derived from the concept of like a, a large gallery or art house that as a result of their large collection have a lot of influence in what happens in the world. Um, Museum of Modern Art is a good example, right? They can drive a lot of culture uh, because of the collection that they have, the cachet that they have. And we were like, well, we could probably do that with the DAO. So what's the best way to explore that? Um, and yeah, I think a big part of, you know, what we were trying to do around that was collect as many uh, squiggles as possible. That's one of the core aspects of our mission right now. Um, it's a it's a very simple concept, but it allows us to focus on um, building the value of the treasury and building the value of the community. So we're not a um, we're not approaching this like some of the other NFT art DAOs, where they you know would raise money or pool art and then uh, build a community. We wanted to do it the other way around. Um, so we didn't do any fundraising. Um, I, I loaned one ETH to the treasury, which I haven't got back just so that we could process transactions, you know, um, and, and then ran a series of contribution rounds to basically recruit the community into this concept. And we ended up with 232 squiggles and a bunch of other gen art. That's really awesome. So, um, that worked out really well. And, and now the mission is still, you know, get as many squiggles as possible. But the way that we're looking at that is somewhat different than I think the norm, uh, because we're focusing on having a larger, more diverse community rather than a hyper-focused um, or corporation style. When I think of DAOs, there's kind of a spectrum, right? On one side, there's the corporation, which is you know, not, this isn't a derogatory term by any means. It's just, you know, the size and the coordination, the focus. So th something like maybe Flamingo Dow, um, you know, where they raise a lot of money, they have a limited membership and they have a very specific mission of collecting art. Um, arguably the same goals as us in, in many ways, but organizing differently. And then there's us where we have a relatively open membership. You know, there's 600 active participants, and we have a, you know, we have a treasury that those people, people use, but the, the game theory and the, the way that the organization operates is different. So we drew a line in the sand and said, okay, we're going to, we're going to focus on creating value within the community that allows us to buy as many squiggles as possible. And that is basically what our medium term roadmap is. So part of that will obviously be DeFi related, there's no way to escape it. And why would we want to? It's again, not a bad thing. Um, but really, I think what we're trying to do with this DAO is to make it sustainable. And with a community of this configuration, it needs to be fun. It's almost more of a game than a business in many ways. You know, I think about corporations like a traditional job. It's like, 
you know, your employer has a carrot and a stick. They give you a carrot. It's your salary, your bonus, your stock options, whatever. And they have a stick, which is, you know, we have an employment contract. And if you don't show up to work, I can fire you and blah, blah, blah. In a DAO, you only have carrots. You don't really have a stick, right? It's like you need to draw people in and get them excited and, and enable them to, you know, express their creativity. And that's a lot more challenging. Um, but as a result of, uh, you know, the way that these communities work, producing fun and making it engaging is the best way to do that. It's a, it's very similar to old futurist concepts where, you know, games and work really are basically the same thing. They're just expressions of creativity and play. Um, and so I think what we're trying to do within the, within the DAO is really make that as enjoyable as possible for people to participate and then um, enable them to add on to those layers, many of which will produce uh, either social capital or financial capital for the DAO to then go and acquire more squiggles from either the open market or from other patrons or collectors that are looking to to sell them. Can you take us back to when the squiggle DAO first spun up? Um, I remember back then there was like a call to action, like join, maybe you have to have a squiggle to get in there. And like from there, like how, how were you able to get folks to kind of donate their squiggles to the cause? Like walk us through those early steps. And then I think it'll be really interesting to see like where it jumps off after the squiggles just dramatically appreciated along with everything else that is on our blocks. Yeah, um, I was blown away by the response that we got from the community initially. Like, it was really incredible. I actually you've possibly heard about the fact that I'm getting a squiggle tattoo, and it's because of my lack of, you know, confidence, I guess, in the short term. And we'd never done this before. We, you know, we didn't know how the community was going to react to you know, the possibility of donating a piece of art to a DAO. Um, and obviously, the, you know, there wasn't as much hype around it back then. So I think it would have been a bit easier. But the pitch was, hey, like, we're greater than the sum of our parts. Um, let's work together and, and do something fun around this art series. And the best way to do that is to give you, in exchange for your donation, you know, some votes on what to do with the treasury. And it was a win-win for us. It was basically, we get to make this treasury grow without taking in any money. And we also get to distribute the votes because we, the way that we launched the DAO was slightly different than others. We didn't have a strong technical team at the time. So we basically minted the token. The Genesis team members got a piece of that so that we could operate as a DAO. And then we proceeded over the next couple of months to just give away as much squig token as possible. So we went from, you know, majority voters to minority voters over the course of those two months. So we definitely achieved our, our goal of being more decentralized as well as raising this treasury. Um, as things progressed, as, you know, the value of squiggles has gone up, massively um there's definitely a lot more interest in the DAO. we still have people joining all the time we still have people buying squiggles and being like really excited about it um but there's obviously been people who are who are wondering like you know whether they they have some regret around oh i donated the squiggle and <laughs> yeah. you know it's gone up in value and and uh, all i have is a squig token left over i don't think that's a, a big problem because we haven't fully hit our stride in terms of you know the we have a lot of the things that are going on in the DAO are internal we haven't really been talking about it outside of the DAO so there's so much that's that's going to be coming out um that you know I think that's just a, a temporary experience where people are like they probably wouldn't have held on to those squiggles anyway um but now they're a part of a DAO that's going to produce net value plus they get to decide what to do with one of the best art NFT art collections on the planet. Like that's a, that's a thing that for a, a medium or long-term thinker is going to be a huge deal. This collection will be worth a lot. And that gives you a lot of social capital to go and do things. You know, we'll be able to display this in real world galleries that are 
from you know substantial that people know about. We'll be able to fund um, real world interactive art experiences that that activate either the individual's art themselves because it's an NFT base or just bringing them into the world, similar to what you know the the CryptoPunks community has done and now the Board Ape Club community is doing. So a lot of those things are in the works and I think uh, we're really excited about the possibilities of this. It's just a, there's a growing period where we really need to like, you know, build the team, collect the ideas and start executing on them. And um, so that's kind of where we're at with it right now. Dude, can, as you know, in terms of building this thing can completely understand why you wouldn't, you know, want to announce every single decision, every single step of the way. And, you know, as you're building out the, the Dow and, and the, uh, you know, long-term vision, but can you share any like, you know, sort of pie in the sky objectives, like you had mentioned, you know, getting these into some, you know, in real life uh, museums, you know, people being able to use them, you know, as sort of like cloud building social capital, uh, you know, in order to get things done. Uh, are there any other things that like are on the long-term roadmap that, you know, you are really hoping to steer this thing towards, or, you know, maybe even if it's not like something specific, maybe like, uh, you know, just some sort of goals, like community oriented goals or like, you know, paradigm shift, uh, you know, it seems like you're big into the whole mantra of, of like what this means and, and, you know, sort of leveling the playing field. So yeah, man, what, what is it like, is it totally amorphous, uh, you know, five years from now, or, or are there some things on the, on the list for it? Yeah, there's going to be a lot in the next six months, I would say. Um, we are, uh, we're raising a small amount of money right now so that we can go and do more in the real world. We have a lot of squig token, um, because of the way that we launched the vast majority of the voting token is still held in the Dow, which is really awesome. But um, we don't have any ETH or USDC. So we're, we're going through uh, a process where we can raise some of that, which will allow us to do a little bit more interesting things. Um, and in the short term, we're building out some tooling that allows us to activate more of the community effectively. Because again, we're a larger community. Um, it's more challenging to coordinate a larger group to to work on certain things, which will serve us really well down the line when we're more in a uh, social capital development piece. But in terms of like building stuff, it's a little bit more complicated. So uh, we're building out some tooling to do that. Plus, we're launching our first season, which is a familiar cadence that a lot of DAOs are, are now using. It's basically for uh, it gives us the ability to point strategically in a particular direction for a period of time and um, have a budget around that. So we're calling it season green and it's a 90 day uh, window where there's a hundred thousand squig budget allocated to the whole program. And it's basically an opportunity for us to push in a particular strategic direction and, and activate anyone that wants to work in that, in that time frame. And we're doing it as a, as a discrete time frame. Because then you can you can do a couple of things. One, you can course correct. So if things don't work out, you can kind of shift for the next one. Two, it, it's there's a there's a finish line, so we can reward people for participating. And there's some really interesting things that we're looking in there. Um, actually, building out a, a derivative art um, uh, proof of participation sort of game layer to the DAO. I think that's probably one of the biggest things that we're we're exploring right now. So it wouldn't be a one-off proof of participation. It would more, more be this more complex um, uh, game layer that would uh, reward people for, for participating in larger initiatives and, and stuff like that, which we think is going to be super fun. Um, and then we have some other, other things uh, to align on, on the community development as well as acquiring and funding artists. So, as I was saying at the beginning, you know, we want to get as many Googles as possible. And one of the ways that we're going to do that is by um, allowing people to sell squiggles to the DAO in exchange for ETH or squig token continuously. Um, so we are partnering with uh, some of the Zora team on launching squiggle.house, which is very similar to punks.house. 
which will allow fractional ownership and an auction uh, style sale of squiggles. So the combination of that plus some other tooling that we're building will allow people to uh, either fully or partially liquidate um, squiggles and allow this the squiggle DAO to purchase them. So if you're a, because many of our, our members have multiple squiggles and it makes sense to, you know, divest occasionally from, you know, the, the market. And when people do, we want to be able to give them an option to sell it to the DAO rather than sell it to the open market. Because that, if I'm a, already a DAO member and I'm selling a squiggle, it makes sense to sell it to the DAO because then in effect, I'm still owning part of it or I'm owning, you know, the influence over it and the, the community that I'm in appreciates and value. So that'll be one of the feedback loops that we'll probably launch in the next cycle. Um, and then I think we're going to, you know, focus on the, the badging and the, the gamification a little bit of the DAO. And then eventually within that time frame, start stepping more into the real world. So we have a few ideas that I, I can't talk about yet because we don't want to spill the beans. Um, but things where, you know, you're going to see squiggles in the real world and they're going to be interactive uh, in some form. So that, that'll probably be the next big piece for us. I got to ask you, um, the decision, like since you are sitting on like uh, a vault of squiggles, depending on folks' estimates, like multiple millions, maybe tens of millions or more. Um, like why, why take on external funding as opposed to like selling a few of these squiggles, building up the treasury organically, and then like having this be more of like a self-funded venture as opposed to taking that, that external capital? Again, I'm not sure what sort of capital you guys took on to help fund this, but just curious about that strategic decision. Yeah, um, I think if, well, first of all, we, we want to have the largest collection of squiggles, so it wouldn't make sense to sell any of them. Uh, just, you know, in a very narrow view, that just seems antithetical. Um, but in terms of like raising money, um, the process will go through a proposal just like anyone anything else so the DAO members will get a chance to vote on you know who's participating in that round and you've seen this with many different DAOs um and the way that they're they're running their fundraising forefront for example you know they've basically they're pitching the community with relationships that they've pre-established and I think it actually benefits the DAO to bring in certain groups of people. Like we've been talking with other DAOs that want to participate. I think that's a, I think that's a win. Uh, we've been talking about value aligned investment groups and individual investors that again, you know, are very enthusiastic, very long on DAOs, want to contribute, um, don't want to die invest from their NFT holdings, but would be willing to, you know, help capitalize the DAO. And I think that actually works in everyone's favor, especially because in exchange for that capital, we're giving them a vote. So now they're a member of the DAO um, in the same sense that everyone else is. And now we have a new stakeholder in the DAO. And I think that's, I think that's a win. So we've definitely talked about it. Um, I think we're squiggle maxis and we see the long-term value in this art series being, you know, not fully realized by any means yet. And so it wouldn't make sense to, to sell something uh, at this point. It would, it, we have so much quick token and anyone that we sell it to becomes a stakeholder. That's a huge win for the DAO. So it just, just feels like the best approach. The tricky curiosity, part, I'll just I'll just finish with the, the tricky part is making sure that you have the right people in your corner. So we're not just going to solicit anyone. We want to we want to partner with groups or individuals that really believe in the mission of the DAO, and they don't have to be you know daily participants or anything, but they they need to be like just having our back. We're not just looking for speculators or people that just want to ride the wave. Dude, just out of curiosity, in terms of the people who are joining the DAO now, and I would imagine you got a little bit of everything. It sounds like, you, you know, you got a lot of investors and uh, other DAOs interested, but like of the people 
joining now are a lot of people like straight up buying squiggles off of open sea and in order to join the DAO, or is it a lot of existing squiggle holders that have, you know, you've sort of won over enough to get involved in the DAO or, or become part of the DAO or, you know, what, what's the demographic of people who are, you know, current day hopping on board? Um, it's hard to tell because obviously you have a limited amount of information on each participant, but um, it's mostly people buying their first squiggle, which I think is really awesome. And you can tell because when they show up, <laughs> the first thing they do they do is like, "Yo, here's my check it out. This is my first squiggle," and they just they're so jacked to to show it. Some people will even PM me and be like, "Hey." You know, this is my first squiggle. I can't wait to to be involved. So I think that's that's a really promising sign because it means that we're we're still growing as a community. I mean, if we think about the DAO not even existing, we're still squiggle holders are still a community. They're people that value this art in some form or another. We're just bringing them together and enabling them to coordinate on some interesting ideas. That's really what the DAO is doing. So to see people especially at these prices, new people joining and being excited about it and looking for ways to contribute is a very good sign. Yeah, it's it's really crazy, especially like the prices of these squiggles, the floor prices even. Just like, how do we get here? It's like 0.035 ETH or whatever for the original mint. And it's just like, <laughs> so bonkers. Even with like the fluctuations in the market and everything, it's still super, super valuable. Um but I'm curious, of course, like right now we're in this sort of like, okay, bunch of ideas trying to kind of clarify the next few steps to kind of progress, but already you're st- starting to see the sort of like inter-DAO collaboration, DAO to DAO, as opposed to like B2B, I guess, interactions, which is just super fascinating to see. But if we kind of look forward to the future, three to five years, like, what what does this all look like this whole ecosystem and where is squiggle dao within this like broader scheme of of other daos operating doing their thing investing collecting all that good stuff i think i think daos are gonna i mean think about a social oriented like all the big daos right now are DeFi related and arguably they're not really daos in some ways um, like they're obviously using tooling and, and, you know, this is a debatable subject, so it's, it's not worth, you know, getting too crazy about it, but a, a social token or, or a social capital based DAO, uh, right now they're pretty small, right? They could be huge. They could involve tens or hundreds of thousands of people and will have a lot of influence over certain aspects of society as a result of that, you know, um, I think that's where they'll go. Um, it's going to take some time for sure, but every day there's more people, you know, full going full-time crypto joining DAOs, you know, skipping school to, or skipping actually going to school in the first place to go and join a DAO. And, um, as more talent and more people align around certain values and certain, and, and, they're activated in a way where they can be more creative and less, you know, most of the work that you do in large organizations these days is incremental or redundant. You know, somebody's already built the thing that you're building. And in this world, we don't really have to do that as much anymore. Everything you build is additive. And as a result of that, you get to use all the things that everyone else has built already. And so the, the rate of innovation is geometric. It's not linear. And um, so I, I think we're just going to see these organizations have massive uh, responsibility and influence in certain aspects of our lives that really focus on things that people care about. It's almost like um, an organization that can that can lobby you know, on on you know macro policy and environmentalism or social initiatives or you know things like that. Um, they could easily spin out as, you know, education institutes or art institutes or um, portfolios of real estate or, um, you know, organizations that, you know, uh, like VitaDAO, for example, like research organizations 
you know, the, the, you know, science is an industry now and it's heavily influenced by incumbent industrial players and billionaires, right? They're the ones that chose, choose where the funding goes, which essentially directs the course of science. And I think that's one of the biggest issues with the modern world is like the right things aren't being researched either because they don't have the profit motives or incentives or they're counterproductive to the, you know, the business models of the incumbents and a DAO is not constrained by those issues. A DAO can be organized around, you know, life science or regenerative agriculture or, uh, you know, other things that people really care about that have proven value, but never get funded because, Nobody wants to fund them in the current world, but if there's enough people that do, then you can easily get there. And so I think you'll just start to see huge complex organizations. Like we're starting with art because it's the perfect beachhead. It's, it's like you like it or you don't like people look at ringers and they're like, Oh, that's cool. Or they're like, I don't get it. Right. So it's very easy for people that do like it to be like, Oh yeah, cool. That's great. Let's, Let's go build something out. Look at how many communities are based around art that are just like, cool, let's just build more art. This is fun. Those will evolve over time. All right, those will evolve into more complex missions. They'll evolve into greater organizations that will have more influence and more capital. And many of them will become self-sustaining um, either through you know their own design or as a result of value they produce in the world. And, um, and yeah, they're going to displace how we work, but they're also going to displace just the, the overall political landscape, I think, because you'll have citizens empowered in a very set in a very different way that isn't, it's basically emulating like an industrial lobbyist or a commercial lobbyist because you've got, you know, 5,000 people in this DAO that's worth a billion dollars. And they're like, Hey, we want to influence you know, the, the carbon market because it's bullshit. So we're going to go in and we're going to lobby as a, as a DAO of 5,000 people with all this capital, but, you know, people will listen to organizations like that. It's almost like a new layer of governance for society, but it's bottoms up based on value alignment, which is the perfect, this is exactly what we need. This is why I was saying earlier about this being a shift in civilization is because it's, it's bottoms up. We're not having to you know, reorganize top down or like voting for the next prime minister is like a useless concept. Now it doesn't do anything, but if you can organize a bunch of people around shared values and produce sustainable value from that, from the bottom up, then it's only a matter of time until you have influence over, over that sort of thing. So I think that's where it's really going to go. Yeah. That, the bottom. Oh, go ahead, man. Yeah, the, the the bottom up approach and how organizations evolve and emerge. I mean, you've seen it over the past week or so with like loot and people getting like really mm-hmm. excited about this bottoms up approach to to game design, right? Um, and <laughs> DAOs are just they've been starting to do that and trying to do that uh, much longer. It just it's a little bit more abstract, I think, for folks, and they don't quite see the kind of meta game that each DAO is playing, but I think you described it pretty, pretty perfectly. But I got to ask because like myself, Rizzle, uh, we, we created the, the WIP meetup, which is like a proto DAO, social DAO. Um, and like we have a crew of 13 folks working towards the DAO um, at this point, like thousands of, of actual members, like token holders and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm always just struck with, the, the lack of tooling or how primitive the tools are right now for DAOs. Uh, it's, it's almost frustrating. I know there's better tools being developed to help facilitate uh, the, this interaction and just like the day-to-day. But from your perspective, like what, what tools do you wish you had at your disposal to help with the operation of something like a squiggle DAO? Like what, what do more DAOs need more of when it comes to tooling? Mm. Um. I think, okay, there's two things probably. One is like enabling people to um, reward each other for their contributions. You know, there's, there's definitely tooling that gets built in that space, but it's still very immature. So I need to see that. I would like to see that evolve 
so that um because right now a lot of DAOs, including ours is kind of like hybrid between a traditional organization and a DAO. it's not fully decentralized and yeah. i think that's an that's just the way it needs to be for a while there's a we don't have an established working culture for working in a DAO. Like as individuals we just we're not used to it so there's there's a learning process there um and you need to have some people leading the charge at the end of the day if you want to move quickly in small teams it's easy you know if you have a team of four devs or something like that you can just crush but if there's a lot more people with different skill sets and different availabilities um then it becomes a lot more challenging and uh part of that is like how we reward people so the way that squiggle DAO works right now is um you know, we we're basically looking at um, we give people uh, rewards for units of work like bounties. We also reward people for participation in meetings and other activities with a tip bot that we use. Um, and then there are also community level roles that have a, an actual salary paid in Squig Token as well for a, a certain job description. So it's just basic stuff, but it's um, it's ways of sort of activating people in certain areas that they're interested in and rewarding them for their participation. And I think that'll get more complex with people coming in as with, with greater levels of responsibility, similarly receiving, you know, monthly stipends for their roles. Um, and, you know, on top of that, ideally there's some sort of coordinate or something like coordinate that allows people to you know reward each other from a pool rather than you know somebody predefining uh, a fixed compensation for a fixed amount of responsibility but we don't know how effective that's going to be i just feel like ethically we're, we're trying to decentralize and in the interim it's not going to be as decentralized as we would like to play with in this in this new culture but we need to start somewhere and this is just the way it needs to be. So as that tooling matures, I think we can start to experiment more with that and, and integrate it into the culture that we're creating. The other piece is around governance. And I think that needs to evolve quite a bit as well. So we're actually in touch with several organizations that are developing tools around these two issues of, or opportunities of governance and compensation. Um, because it's obviously a known problem or opportunity and, and, you know, people are building it out, but again, we're all figuring it out as we go. So having the ability to provide feedback and support into that process is really great. So for governance, we're, you know, pretty standard. We're using snapshot to um, resolve voting on proposals. And then we're using Gnosis safe and the multi-sig it's uh, for us, it's a three of five. Uh, but those two things aren't connected. So theoretically, you know, if the snapshot vote passed and for some reason the five multi-sig holders didn't agree with it, there could be a blockade. There could be a, an impasse. And that's not optimal because uh, you're still relying on the trust of those five people to resolve on chain any of the actual execution. So that is a very complex problem to solve because it can resolve in many different ways. Um, and I think it's going to take longer for us to get through that, which is why the, we, we launched with, you know, five people in the DAO that, you know, I guess I was probably the one with the least amount of reputation because I just was never in the spotlight up until this point, but you know, with, with people who are known in the community, who are members of other DAOs and have, you know, social capital and reputation there, it seemed like the best way to go. It's like, okay, well, everyone, enough people know who these people are. So let's start with that and do a three of five and operate this way. But ideally, that's not even an issue. And it's really just like snapshot execution. So I think eventually we'll see that it's just going to take a while. Yeah, I'd be really interested to hear your perspective, man, as someone who like obviously has extensive knowledge in the DAO uh, world. 
uh, I've always, uh, up until not even too, too long ago, man, just sort of like, not like hated on DAOs, but been annoyed with it because with them in general, because I feel like it's such a great concept that has been really just not very well executed by anybody up until very recently. And it seems like now, you know, everything's starting to just mature. And I I agree with a lot of what you said, man. I I think you're exactly right that this is just a whole new thing, that it's a learning curve that we all have to get used to. Uh, But the fundamentals and the concept is, is the right direction overall. Uh, what what are some other DAOs that you see that are also like, you know, I guess you would say like progressive within the space or like, you know, more mature uh, or, you know, just doing things that you admire as someone who has clearly given this a lot of thought? Um, uh, I'd say there's two DAOs that, you know, I, I really admire. Uh, one is Friends with Benefits because it's just so massive and complex and you know there's just so many talented people in there doing so many different things all at once and it just kind of works and um the leadership team is great they're super organized um i really appreciate about them because they're they're demonstrating that it's possible um and they're showing us how to do it which is really cool so we definitely spent a lot of time over there i'm a member of the dow i've you know we we have actually ran a meetup in Vancouver uh, last week for friends with benefits, which was pretty awesome. Um, so yeah, that's, that's definitely one of them. And the other one that I've talked about before is uh shark Dow. Shark Dow is something that I, I, I really admire about them as well as that the, the ability for them to go from zero to a hundred was just phenomenal. Like they, um, they went through a very similar process that we did, which was in, which was very confidence inspiring for me to see that the ability for them to go from an idea to a highly functional team using a similar process that we used was very inspirational for me. Um, but yeah, just the, the rate at which they're producing value and, and, launching new products and building the community is just really uh it's phenomenal to see and that's they're more definitely on the community end of that spectrum where i think friends with benefits is a little bit more complex it's a much much bigger DAO with a much more broader social mission um and that's the beauty of what we're seeing right now is that there isn't one playbook for success in these kind of organizations they can be completely different configurations and still thrive. And that's very, a very good sign because it means that the structure is extensible and malleable and it can be configured, you know, like a game for a particular outcome, whether it's a very simple singular mission or whether it's something maybe more broad and social and fluid, they can still function. So those are, you know, for me, two on like different ends of the spectrum that I think are just really exciting to watch and participate in. And, um, and yeah, like any, any good DAO member is like spending time in other DAOs just to see how they function because they're all completely different. And uh, yeah, it's interesting to watch. Real quick, because Shark DAO is something that I'm not super familiar with. Um, Friends with Benefits, I think everyone of our listeners will have heard of and be more familiar with. But could you kind of give us the, the real quick TLDR for Shark DAO? Um, yeah, so they launched uh, with the specific goal of acquiring nouns from nouns um, from nouns DAO, basically. So very interesting project. It's an infinite, you know, fountain of generative art it launches every day um and the shark dow is like well let's let's try to acquire some of these and build a community around it and i think they've got three maybe four now uh, two in the top 10 and it was all self-funded you know it was all self-organized very simple mission leverages some excellent tooling that just came out like Juicebox, which i think is super cool i think Juicebox is super awesome um, as a tool because it just enables so much possibility on its own you know it's like one of those incremental pieces that's built on all this other DeFi nft tech that's that's emerged and it just unlocks this new fundraising launch mechanism for DAOs that is just 
fantastic. You know, there's so many other things that can come out of that product. And this is just a perfect example of how within a matter of weeks, you can have a DAO with hundreds of people in it that's got 500 ETH and, you know, three or four super rare pieces of NFT art and momentum to go and build more things. Like that's just a phenomenal situation, you know? Yeah, dude, I, I feel like I got to dive further down the noun DAO, uh, shark DAO rabbit hole as well, but I'm a little bit familiar with what's going on there. Um, dude, as we get towards the end, man, we're always interested in what NFTs people are collecting, you know, just sort of on the side for fun. Uh, clearly squiggles and the uh, desire to acquire more squiggles is high on the priority list. Uh, but are there any other like cool projects or NFTs that you've been just sort of tinkering around with or collecting on the side? I wish I had time. I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> call myself an NFT trader by any means. I think it's more like, want to um i want to be involved in the space and have a portfolio of tier one art that's that's going to be um you know culturally relevant in the long term so i, I wouldn't say i'm a speculator i'm definitely switching more into build mode with squiggle DAO. there's just not enough time but um i really like generative art i really like obviously squiggles um i like ringers i would you know, all the other sort of tier one AB stuff is sort of out of my risk profile now for, for acquiring. So I'm basically just holding what I have. Um, and I think the metaverse is going to be a huge thing as well. So I have some me bits um, and uh, there's a few other like speculative plays that are, you know, long shots that I have as well, like um, polymorphs. And um, I did buy a, a Zed Run horse. I have a Zed Run horse as well. I think that's going to be a very cool, cool game. So, um, yeah, it's for me, it's more like I'm, I'm more of an art collector. I've been buying original art informally for a few years now. Nothing, nothing crazy, you know, like local artists up here. Or if I go to a show, I actually bought, um, went to New York a few years ago, the last ETH conference, I think it was consensus actually. Um, and there was a party where they auctioned off a crypto punk for like 800 bucks or something. It was like in retrospect, crazy. So there was a guy at the party who was an old cartoon artist for newspapers. And he was doing all this crypto art in the lounge and ended up buying one of his pieces and it's on my wall. And I just, you know, it's for me, it's, it's a snapshot of culture that I was participating in. And I think that's really what art should be is like, you know, there's an emotional connection to the piece. And um, some of the generative art pieces that I have are, are a result of that. You know, they, they lock a sort of emotional component in for me joining the whole movement and um, being involved. And, and uh, I think that's probably where it will stay for me. It's, it's less, uh, less a speculative play and more just like, um, you know, okay, I've, I'm, I'm locked into this culture. I'm locked into participating into this. And uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I'm looking at a piece right as in right now, as I'm talking and I love looking at it. I'm just so stoked that it's mine, you know? I love that, that sort of emotional snapshot of a point in time uh, with generative art. I feel like music does that for a lot of people. You kind of listen to an old song and it, it's like a, a tra time travel machine it takes you back to when you first heard it, your friends that you're listening to it with like this. Yeah. All that. It's, it's really, really powerful in that regard. I do the same exactly. thing, like looking at a, a Genisu still life number five and just remembering like going into crypto voxels a couple of years back, charity kind of auction, having this piece that Conlon founder of, async art had snatched out beneath me on super Red during the original auction and then winning it back in this charity auction which is like fucking <laughs> not, nothing better <laughs> that's cool but um before before you do wrap up i want to make sure we let folks know where they can follow you at uh where they can follow and get involved with the squiggle doubt if they aren't already uh maybe any important dates on the calendar hit the folks with all the the social handles and, and key dates they need to bear in mind and remember sure i think uh the best thing to do is if you're not already in the dow 
just go to squiggledow.com. That's where all of the relevant information is available. You can find Discord there. You can find our Medium account where you can see all the major updates that we've launched. You can also find Gitbook, which is our community guide. Um, and I should say, if you want to join the DAO currently, there's two ways of doing it. One is to own a squiggle. Um, we originally launched with that concept rather than ownership of the voting token because we, we just felt like it was better um, because then it means that every member is, an, is a holder of the art too. Um, but obviously now that they're so expensive, that, that might need to change as we grow. So what we're doing in the short term, rather than changing that aspect of the community, we're launching uh, this program called the Scholarship Program where we will intake anyone basically on a regular interval if they're interested. And then we'll also have the ability for people to propose work for the DAO from external, like external teams. For example, this afternoon, I have some, some meetings with a couple developers and some, some marketing people who are interested in building stuff for the DAO who aren't in the DAO. And so we'll work with them uh, to, effectively join the DAO as a result of the work that they want to contribute. And we're, we're launching that scholarship program probably in the next week um, as an opportunity for people that, that want to join that aren't already in. So they'll have all the same uh, rights essentially, or, or access as a squiggle holder will. And they'll also be in a position to, you know, join a team, you know, take on bounties, whatever it is. So they're basically, it's basically like they do own a squiggle, but they don't. Um, and hopefully, you know, maybe someday they can actually use the rewards to, to buy their own squiggle as well. I love that. Super cool. Uh, well, Greg, I just definitely want to thank you for taking the time to speak with us today, record this podcast. Um, we love the squiggles. I know everyone does. Uh, so just thank you once again for that. And yeah, Godspeed on collecting as many squiggles as you can for this. <laughs> It's going to be a lot harder now, but we're still going to do it. We can still do it. Oh, yeah. Cool, man. Thank you so much. Thank you.